Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. On this week's episode, I, Aaron and Kevin are opening up the gospel of Matthew, uh, setting the stage for this uh, journey that we'll have over the next few weeks, um, checking out how God is perfectly prepared for the task at hand. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he sent Jesus into the world at just the right time, and he gave you life at just the right time for such a time as this in this setting with the people that you are around. And so in this uh, week's episode, uh, we're talking about that and um, and drawing all these connections to the life that uh, God has prepared for us. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Ah, move over. That's right there. It's the sweet spot. I don't get it. Hello. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> Greetings to you from the brown couch. Yes, a blessed... Uh, March 2023, greetings in the Lord to you. Dude, it's still February, bro. Now when this releases. Oh, man. <laughs> IQ 2000. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Likewise. Hey, ditto. Yeah, well, ditto thank back you. at you. Thank you. Yeah, what's when? I was trying to think. I couldn't think of the days in Spanish. I really wanted to the other day. Domingo is the only one I could think of. That's Sunday, right? Domingo. Or is that oh, Saturday? No, that's Sunday. That's Sunday. <laughs> I used to know those. Nunez. That sounds like Monday. Or maybe the last name of an actor. I think. Or a, yeah, no. that's that's Frankie Mutant. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I bet somebody that's listening knows Spanish, though. If you do, write in to Kevin Bender at hotmail dot com. That's not. You can send you can legitimately send it to Pastor Bender at copperluth dot org. Spanish for Wednesday, because I will never. I, I'm pretty set on Nunez for Monday. But uh, yeah, Wednesday, I can't remember. I can't either. All right. Well, there you go. What about the months? You got the months? Um, No. Do you? <laughs> no. Julio? But, uh, Julio? March, March Uno. There we go. March Uno. Marcho, uno de Marcho. <laughs> well, that's it. Wait, what's the, what's the holiday of, uh, that's in... It's like Cinco de Mayo. Mayo. I know May. May? Cinco de Mayo. I know May. All right. Maybe we should move on to a language that we know, like Greek or Hebrew. Yeah. Did you have any of that? I'm trying to think. Back to... There wasn't any language bombs this last week, were there? Oh, did I use any Greek or Hebrew? Nope. But you did talk about Galatians. This is a Greek thing, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know what word is used there in Galatians when it said, you know, like at the appointed time... Oh, I didn't look it up. It's probably Kairos. It's probably Kairos. And for you linguists out there, there's two, well, maybe there's more, but there's two words that I'm familiar with for time in Greek. One is chronos, which you might think of like chronology, you know, chronological order. That's basically like just the passing of time, which is pretty familiar to all of us because that's like, you know, kind of like every day. It's like, all right, is it five o'clock yet? You know, um, that's chronos. Uh, but there's another mm-hmm. idea of time. I'm wrong. It was Kronos. Was it Kronos? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. But is it the right Kronos? Just the right Kronos? What? In Galatians? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because what's the... Read, read the verse for us. Help us. But when the fullness of time had come, the God, fullness of time. God sent forth his son. So all Kronos was leading up to... What's fullness there? I'm curious. Playroma. Playroma. That means nothing to me. <laughs> or to you, probably, listener. It means fullness. There you go. <laughs> so when chronology had reached for whatever, for God's 
purposes, this yeah. apex in time. Mm-hmm. Um, another Greek word that captures that idea, this is in John a lot, talks about like these appointed times, it's kairos, mm-hmm. this idea of kairos, like kind of like striking when the iron's hot, I guess, like mm. this this is the moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? You feel it's palpable, you're like, now, mm-hmm. yeah. But it is, yeah, it's it's crazy to think about the way that the way that Matthew, or I mean, not Matthew, the way that Paul writes that in Galatians, mm-hmm. right? when the fullness of time had come, mm-hmm. when everything was just right, you know, everything was the way that it should be. Yeah, God sent Jesus into the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's weird. Like God does this on lots of small scales. I feel like throughout history. Because you get like an Esther, right? Like mm. for such a time as this, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like God put Esther in this certain position to basically save the Jews. Yeah, um, and uh, and her is her uncle, right, Mordecai? Uh, it's some a relation. little bit untranslatable. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But some relative or some dude, anyway, named Mordecai is like, "Hey, Esther, maybe you were like you've been put here for such a time as yeah, this." Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, somewhat, I think, of what you were getting at. <clears throat> maybe I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, because maybe it'd be worthwhile to just consider Back Matthew. the trolley up. What are we talking about that... on this week's episode of Conversate? <laughs> Welcome to Conversate. Back that trolley up. <laughs> that's our new catchphrase. <laughs> um, no, that's good. I think I think we're, we're tracking. We're we'll, tracking. We'll get there. Yeah, so we're talking about um, just kind of appointed times and... Um, Paul's talking about at such a time, well, Paul says that when the fullness of time, so God's got these moments where basically he's setting the stage, he's prepping people, you know, he preps, you might think of Joseph, there's another OT narrative, Joseph with his brothers, he gets thrown in the pit, he screams in the pit, that all takes place in a Dothan, by the way, the same place later with Elisha, uh, more of God's people, like Joseph, are in a situation where basically it's like looking horrible and they scream out to God and God answers them <laughs> in Elisha's <laughs> story. Uh, he, that's when he like reveals to the servant, oh, there's like a bunch of fiery angel hosts, mm. you know, ready to battle. But for Joseph, doesn't happen. Mm. He's stuck in the pit. Yeah. Well, maybe because God was preparing him, mm. you know. I mean, that's how the end of Genesis goes, right? Yeah. Well, it's, so let's, I mean, let's talk about the. I, I want to I want to give you an applause for a an Old Testament deep dive there. Thank you, thank you. Anytime, I like the Old Testament, guys. Yeah, yeah so do I. So you did well. That was good. Nice. <laughs> Let's talk. Uh, all right. So we're we're doing Matthew, right? Mm-hmm. We're doing Matthew, and so I did I did preach at in the beginning of Matthew chapters one through four, kind of this overview thing, and and it, you know. We do this podcast uh, in connection to the sermon, but you know a lot of people, a lot of you listen that maybe didn't hear the sermon as well, and so, right. so kind of the idea um, that I was preaching on as as um, we're just getting going with with Matthew was sort of setting the stage for the arrival of Jesus. That that God is God is always prepared. God knows what He's doing, um, and so I used these these kind of key moments of things that God prepares. He, he prepared the setting. He prepared the people to receive Jesus. He prepared just, just the right time. Mm. Um, and so, so in, in all of that, you know, I was, I was thinking about it um, kind of after the, after the fact too. And I, I didn't say this, but I think it's easy in hindsight to look back and to say, 
oh, wow, I see exactly what God was doing mm -hmm. in setting all that up. But, you know, if you read the genealogy of Jesus and you asked any one of those people in that genealogy, hey, do you know who your great, 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 great grandson is going to be? The savior of the world? Isn't that exciting? That's They'd great. Be like, <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, I, uh, what? Mm -hmm. I, don't, mm -hmm. I don't see it. Yeah. Right. And so. Yeah. My life. What? Right. Yeah. So I think, I think a lot of times this is how we operate in this world is, you know, it's hard to see sometimes what God is actually up to. But in hindsight, even in, even in our short lives, mm -hmm. we can see in hindsight how, how God was moving pieces along or mm -hmm. steps that we took, you know, in faith that, that, that led to a positive result or, um, <laughs> Or even in the, in the alternative steps we took that <laughs> didn't turn out so good. Like we can see those in hindsight. It's hard. It can be hard to see it in in the moment what God is up to. So I was trying to I was trying to remind everybody that whether you know it or not, God is God is preparing. Mm. He's preparing you also for the life that that He's got for you, mm -hmm. even even right now. Because I think you know we get this narrative in the world that our lives are just mere accidents mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. that you're just a you're just a process of you know evolutionary biology right you're just mm -hmm. a bunch of just, chemicals yeah a clump of cells that happen to have mm -hmm. life in them and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or even if know. even if we don't get that like <laughs> uh scientific with it you might feel like well you're just you know you're a cog in a huge machine that's much bigger than you you know like your life really isn't all that valuable like you're kind of a nobody, you know, uh -huh. you're this small, insignificant, you know, it's like experientially, it's easy to feel that way in the world. Right. Cause there are a lot of people and there's a lot of people who seem to be doing a lot more than what I'm doing, or maybe seem to have a lot more skill or capacity in ways that I don't have. It's so easy to see our, our gaps or our, our, you know, shortcomings maybe. Uh -huh. um, well, <clears throat> So something that I've tried to pay attention to and be very conscientious about is that my life, my existence in this world is not just mine. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not my own. I was bought with a price, mm -hmm. but even like the, the simple fact that I exist has an impact in other people's lives. Absolutely. First of all, my parents my brother. I mean, they're the first ones that, that met me, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So without me in their life, their life would be different. Yeah. And then you just go in every single instance that you have the opportunity to bump into people, whether it's a deep relationship or a short relationship, every single one of those, I, I like that situation would be different if I were not in it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't know, I don't know how much we think about that. Like, I was just having the conversation. See, unfortunately, I think in our in our Christian walk, we we get lulled into thinking that our that you know not only our physical life is just like just our own. Like mm -hmm. we do that, but we do that with our Christian walk too. We think, all right, God has given me salvation. Mm -hmm. God has forgiven me of my sins. Yes, that is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't end with you, like. Yeah. God saved you to also like help save other people. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. And, and so my, my impact in other people's lives is just that it has an impact in other, other people's lives. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not independent from them physically, Mm -hmm. but also spiritually. Mm -hmm. And so we have to remember that and that God is actively involved in all those situations. And he's, as I said, my sermon is preparing your life for you. He's preparing your setting for you. He's preparing people already Mm. for you to meet. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that I don't know how much we think about that. Yeah. Well, like like you said earlier, I think it's worth wow, emphasizing. You are caught or not? By destroying things with my foot. <laughs> Get off of me! You know, I'll just keep it with. Um, <laughs> but like you were saying, you know, it's hard to it's hard to recognize that in the moment. Absolutely. Um, it's easier to to look back and see it in your life. But I I wouldn't necessarily say that it's easy to do that, or that we even do that that often. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Chart our past or consider. Mm-hmm. God's hand getting us to where we are today, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so, like, I think as a starter, that's even worthwhile. If you've never thought about it, I mean, it, sometimes a visual helps. Uh, there was a, a community I was a part of at one point where the, an exercise we did, we just took like a, well, kind of like the half sheet size that we have sometimes for, you know, worship. So, take like a bulletin, the back of a bulletin, or just take a piece of paper, take an index card, doesn't matter, and chart your life, you know, like, from beginning <laughs> to right now, and this is, can be broad strokes, but just like think back on your life and make lines, you know, for high points and low points and just document it for a second. Because maybe you haven't had anyone, um, you know, beckon you or, or give you the imp- imp- impulse to, to do this and think about, wow, I guess I have seen a lot or I have experienced a lot or wow, yeah, I remember that person who was in my life and it's kind of funny, I haven't thought about them for so long, but you know what? They played a pretty big role at that moment in my life. You know, what happened? If, if, if you're looking at your chart and you got this deep dive, you know, in whatever year, and but then the, the graph starts going back up again, you know, to, to brighter moments. Well, what happened there? Who was a part of that? Because guess what? They, at the time, were probably not thinking, I'm a part of someone else's, you know, narrative yeah. arc getting better. But I can think of for myself, there's a fella, um, I'm trying to think of his name. See, this is how... <laughs> This is how easy it is to forget this kind of stuff. Uh, I only lived in Colorado for like 10 months after college. And it was a horrible time for me. Like I graduated with a degree in general business, which was uh, not all that focused in anything, you know? So I I didn't know what I was doing with my life or what I was supposed to be doing. I have a bunch of jobs that didn't work out. Like I felt like a loser. I was living in my grandma's house and I was unemployed, you know, come say uh, February, March. And... um, uh, that following year, like after I graduated. And, uh, but there was this guy, just a nice fella at the congregation I went to. He was involved in like young adult ministry. And so that's what was my connection to him. And I don't know if I reached out to him. He made himself available in some way. He said, Hey, you know, like if you ever need anything, whatever, that kind of an invite, very open ended. But one day I just emailed him, like, dude, <laughs> I'm like, I need help figuring out my life. <laughs> like we had breakfast, you know, and he, and he was so cool. He did. And he had yeah. breakfast with me. That's, I, all I did was he bent, he lent an ear to me. He shared some of his own experience and some advice that he had gathered, you know, along the way he was, you know, probably 15 years older than me and had a family and stuff. And I was single at the time. Um, and so he just shared some advice, but it was a, it was kind of a turnaround point for me, or at least it was a step along the way of, I'm not alone in my life. Mm. Uh, my life isn't, you know, f- hopelessly <laughs> destroyed where I'm at, like, you know, get some perspective, you know? Mm. And so, like, we have opportunities like this 
I mean, it's maybe not every day, but it's not once in a lifetime, you yeah. know? It might be someone who doesn't even remember your name, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't remember his name. Yeah. But I think <clears throat> every single one of those little steps of faith that we take do have the capacity to have eternal significance. Mm-hmm. I just got a really nice note yesterday from a member of our church saying the the impact that that I made in this person's life by by really um, bringing the the to the forefront in their life the the concept of intentional discipleship mm-hmm. and evangelism. Mm-hmm. This person's been living it out. And just wanted me to know the impact that that is making in another person's life that this person is mm. is discipling and just seeing incredible life change, you know. And so this person wrote me a note just to say, like, I don't know if you know the impact that that's making, um, but just thank you and, and keep going and know that know know that those little things are are paying off huge in people's lives, you know. Mm. And it's that kind of stuff where you're like. Okay. You know, God, God is, God, is, I mean, it's just, you know, just little steps along the way, little, little, little investments in, in people's lives, little investments um, in, you know, walking through that open door that God puts in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the, you know, that's the, um, I quoted my sermon, Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, mm-hmm. um, where Paul says, we are, we are uh, God's workmanship. You know, we're, we're made by him to be his tools, you know, um, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Mm -hmm. So we've been created to do good things in this world in the name of Jesus. Um, and so we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. And then Paul says, which he has prepared in advance for us, setting them up that we should walk in them. Yeah. And this is important for us to know God, God puts it in front of us. He prepares it for us, mm. but he doesn't move us like a, like a pawn and slam us through that door. Right. He puts it in front of you. Like, here you go. Here you go. Yeah. Tease it up. That we, that we might walk in them. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we're not like cogs in God's wheel where, where right. he just like manipulates us around mm-hmm. and, and but he 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 makes it all ready for us and and prepares it for us and mm-hmm. and I th- I think we need to get ourselves aligned mm. with that and ask God to to open up our eyes and align us to those things and I think we talked about last did we talk about it last week like listen I think it was the whole conversation oh, like yeah. his Holy Spirit nudges yeah you know, I mean, nudges. we're doing mm-hmm. we're talking about it again but it's true and I think we need to hear that and and ask God to give us that wisdom and that insight to take those steps of faith because mm. he's preparing it. Mm-hmm. He's preparing it in advance of you. Yeah. Right. And God, so, God's far more uh, adventurous and uh, trustworthy and trusting yeah. than maybe we give him credit for. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 We're scared. Yeah. And the disciples were, and that's, I love that your the kind of tagline and it popped up again um, on Monday's email, but that idea of like, you're prepared. Because God's prepared. Yeah. Because that's so that's so helpful. I think, especially thinking of discipleship too. Because that's a that's a step I think of faith for a lot of people that feels like I can't do that. I'm not. Yeah. I don't know enough. I I can't be discipling somebody. It's like nobody like God's 
God's with you. He's prepared you for this. Yeah. You're not alone in this, you know, like it's not all riding on your shoulders. It's riding pretty much completely on his. Yeah. Um, but he's he has prepared you for that too, for this. I mean, we really do believe that, that this walk of Christianity is meant to be um, kind of lived out or worked out in these close relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and that provides a lot of space for us to, um, you know, to live into these good works that God has prepared because it's, it's not always like, I mean, it could be as simple as holding the door open for somebody or, you know, but like I used to think as a kid, like all my good works were just, it was always a random stranger. Uh, Yeah, I know. It's never anyone I actually know. (laughs) And I think most people, when we start talking either about discipleship or evangelism, Mm. and again, for clarity of those terms, usually when we're talking about discipleship, we're talking about people who know Jesus and are just young and need to be raised up. Mm -hmm. We talk about evangelism. We're usually talking about people who don't know Jesus and that we're going to introduce Jesus to and invest relationally. When I have these conversations with people, most people think in either of those terms that it's strangers. It's these one-off things like- Park bench. Yeah, at the grocery store or sitting on an airplane, you know? (laughs) Hey, you never know. (laughs) But those those happen, sure. But Mm -hmm. I think those are the- um, Outliers. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the the word I was- Those are the exceptions. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You've got- You've got already. You've already got people, <laughs> mm-hmm. whom God has been preparing you for. I mean, He has put yeah. you in proximity in to these setting, people at that job, at that in that right. in your home yeah. potentially. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's uh, it's amazing. <laughs> like, and God had you were talking about intentionality. You know, like or that your life is not your own. You know, you were purchased. You yeah. know, for a price. But even before Jesus even showed up, God was already thinking about you. Mm. You know, He was already. You know, I think that's Ephesians 1, that he had predestined us to be adopted, you know? So, like, before the creation of the world, he was like, I'm trying to pick a name. Tom. Hey there, Tom. Uh, Dolores. Dolores, I choose you. you I did this in my sermon a couple of weeks ago, right? I gave somebody a name Uh, and I called out Bill. Yeah, and you called him a fruitcake. Yeah, I called Bill a fruitcake. That's right. I, I, and I, in my writing of my sermon, I was—I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, "I don't have any. I don't, know, I don't think we have any bills." And then after seven the, bills after the early service, two bills came out right in, right in a row. I was like, "Oh, whoops!" Hey, buddy. Hey, who you calling fruitcake? That's funny. But yeah, yeah. My bad, Bill and Bill. Yeah, yeah. I know who you are. <laughs> Placeholder name is all. No, that's uh but yeah, I mean God really, you know. And and again, the point of that is not to say, look, God, he's really counting on you to do this. You better not let him down because he's he's got all this planned for you. Like that's not it at all. It's the other way around. It's like God's doing all the work. He's created this kind of exciting life. I mean, I think most of the time too, you know, this Ephesians 2 talk or discipleship evangelism, it's stuff that sometimes feels like scary and almost like impossible, you know, to to handle. But that's like, we're looking at from the wrong lens because it's when you know that Jesus is with you and that he's the one preparing you and these opportunities, it's not like, I'm not trying to say it's not scary that you're not going to be like feeling weird or, or goofy about it, but like, it's it's honestly more fun. It's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. well, I don't have to set this up. I don't have to do all this like legwork to create this opportunity. God's doing all of that for me. And I just, I just got to like pray to him and like say, hey, can you open my eyes to what yeah. you're doing? And then I get to 
I get to like get, get all the credit, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's like the dude at the banquet with Jesus, you know? Uh, uh, sorry, more deep dives. I want to I nerd out on theology in a little bit all before right. we close out. So. All right, well, this will be, be my last nerding <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> but okay, if you remember that, John 2, I think, the, the wedding at Cana, Jesus is there with his mom, and they want, run out of wine, right? Uh, so this is a very minor detail, but I think it's worth noting that when Jesus, he creates the wine, but when the the person tastes the wine, they go to the the master of ceremonies basically to be like, or maybe it's the master of ceremonies who tastes it and goes to the groom. Yeah, I think that's that's the case. But he says, "Wow, this is the best stuff!" Like no one does this. Everyone always has the best stuff early, right? He's like, "This is the best wine ever." It doesn't trace back to Jesus. He did all the legwork. He prepared it all. He set it up, and then he puts someone else in the position to receive that kind of honor and experience. Mm. And that's, I think, what he does when it comes to this. He's doing all of the preparation for us, for those we encounter. Mm. He's setting us up and he's saying, you got it, bud. Mm. Step in, do it. Like, experience this. Mm. Because he knows, and and that's what you talk about, the joy of like the harvest. There's a joy uh, of of being a part of, well, like you said, that note you received. Mm -hmm. So you got a glimpse for that, that person saying, wow, what a huge transformational sort of experience i am seeing in my own relationships thank you for Mm this it's like dude that's really cool i don't know i didn't like (laughs) i didn't sit down and write this all out you know it just kind of happened um but there's more intentionality than that i mean it's but that's that's all point of walking together so all right ditto uh or deep dive over (laughs) it's matthew yeah back to matthew yeah. I keep I keep taking us out of it. <laughs> Let's talk about what it. do you have against me? Ecclesiastes for a second. <laughs> now, uh, all right. So we're we're gonna we're gonna be hitting Matthew hard for six weeks. I mean, a little bit more than six. I think we'll we'll take it into into Easter. Oh, right. as yeah. well. So um, the whole gospel. Yeah, we're gonna do the whole thing. So. Matthew, let's just in, in case you know some of you didn't see the listen to the sermon or Bible class or whatever, just just so you get your bearings straight with Matthew. Um, Matthew was one of the one of the disciples of Jesus. He was a tax collector. Um, you, you read a story eventually, but um, so he's the guy who's writing this, and he's a follower of Jesus. And he it it, it seems like he is writing to a Jewish audience. Mm-hmm. Um, why do me, you say that, Aaron? Well, let me, before I, before I nerd out too much, let's just talk real quick about the gospels in general. Sure. So, so, so in the Bible, the first four books of the new Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. We call those gospels. Mm-hmm. Um, the word gospel means good news. Mm-hmm. So all four of these tell the good news of Jesus. So basically they're biographies of Jesus, right? Yep. And I like to talk about it as though, you know, if you and I and two other people went went and watched a basketball game mm-hmm. um, and and then after afterwards we all went home and we we wrote up a summary of what happened at the basketball game. Or, or we all wrote an email. Say we wrote an email to a family member about, about the game and the experience and that kind of stuff. Um, and and all four people are, are attempt their their desires to be truthful, oh, right? Yeah, right? So yeah. So you you want to you're gonna write this email and you're gonna you're gonna talk about what you experienced, how the game went, and all that kind of stuff. If you read those four emails um, and and put them side by side, 
I, I think likely you'd probably see a lot of the same details. Mm -hmm. You know, the the four people might some of them might mention who they were there with. You probably mention you know where you sat, what your seats were like. I would imagine you're going to say who ended up winning the game, mm -hmm. <laughs> what the final score was. But then in between, there's probably going to be lots of other variability, and 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 some of that might be based on. Like if I was writing a, an email to my to my daughter, I might write that in a certain kind of way. Mm. If you're writing it to my best friend, your best friend who's a big basketball fan, you might mm. write it in a certain kind of way. So right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—they're all individual people, but they and they've got their experiences with Jesus, their firsthand accounts of Jesus, and then they write it. They write it down, but they've got different audiences in mind. Um, so there's a lot of similarities, but some differences. But some differences. Yeah. Not not conflicting differences, just some things that are included in some. Some are included in all of them. Mm -hmm. Order um, can be a little different sometimes uh -huh. of events. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, all that being said, Matthew Matthew's seems like he's writing to a Jewish audience. And why do I say that? Yeah, why do you say that, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> I say it because I, um, a variety of reasons, but one of the big ones is that Matthew quotes the Old Testament a lot. Mm, yeah, even the first four chapters. The first like... four chapters. I mean, I didn't count it. I, I meant to count it. Mm. Um there's your homework. Go and count, count it. it. Yeah. I gave it uh, to the Bible class I teach on Sundays. I said, "Here's your homework. Go and go and find the biblical references for all these mm. Old Testament quotes and look them up and write them in your journaling Bible and all that kind of stuff." But, yeah. but it's a lot, and and I, he's, so he's so he's proven a point to the mm. Jewish people because the Jews were looking, they were looking for the Savior of the world. They're looking for this coming King who would rule and reign, who would be from Abraham's line and David's line. Um, and so Matthew is basically saying, "Oh, this thing was going to be true about the Savior. Oh, look." Jesus, this thing Checks was going to be true about the Savior. Oh, look, Jesus, mm. boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You know, and so you, you kind of take a step back and you go, okay, um, I guess it's at least worth considering. I mean, I'm going to have to look into all this, if nothing else. Right, right, yeah. You know, and... Uh, Especially when you're talking about, like, again, this is fulfillment of scriptures, you know, so prophecies and things written hundreds thousands of years in advance of jesus arrival so it's not the kind of thing that's like oh well, they just they must have catered it to this guy oh, no that's impossible yeah right and history's that, too long right and that's what some people would say like oh of course after the fact in hindsight you could be like oh where where in the old testament does it say that uh somebody would be born in Bethlehem. Okay, we got that one, you know. It's like Marty McFly when he uh, goes to the future and he gets that uh, sports almanac, remember that? Then he goes oh, back man. in time and he knows who to bet on so he can get super rich. Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> no, it's not like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> now make like a tree yeah. and get out of here. It says, yeah. what, Biff, that's his name. Yeah, but that, you know, so I, I just wanted to, Set, set mm. a little bit of that up just for you guys who are listening, just so you got that little nugget of information as, as you, yeah. as Matthew's unfolding. And, you know, if you, if you're reading it and you're reading like, oh, well, according to the prophet, according to this prophecy, according to this prophecy, and, and sometimes Matthew says, according to which prophet, sometimes he doesn't, he just mm -hmm. drops it and stuff. And so mm -hmm. there's intentionality, um, intentionality in that it's just like yeah like when i had to learn to write a write a research paper you know when you write a research paper it 
you, you can't just give your opinion piece. Uh, you gotta you gotta cite it. your you know bring in at least ten sources or whatever, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's sort of it's sort of like that. Like yeah. Matthew's yes, he's telling you about Jesus, but he's citing his sources. He's like, well, and there's this, and mm-hmm. there's this, and there's this. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I I just think it it helps prove the helps prove the validity of the scripture and that Jesus is who he says he is and that God's word is trustworthy and true yeah. and all those, all those wonderful things. That's right. And you can get real if you want to get real. No, I promise no more deep dives. So I'm done. Oh, plot. I'll give you an applause. Do Thanks. you want the people to cheer for you? Oh, for the deep dive? Yeah. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. I hear it. All right. Oh gosh. Okay. They're gonna, wow. They really... I'm kind of, I don't know if they want it now or not. They're so <laughs> abrupt. The plot is, well, no, I was just going to say coming up here this next week, uh, Jesus is going to go up on a mountain. Uh, like an old guy once went up on a mountain who the Jewish people revered greatly. That guy's name was Moses. Moses. Oh, dude, I did a whole thing. Did she do this? In Bible class, the whole connection oh, between Moses and Jesus. Yeah. Bi- so, yeah. So, like, it seems as though Matthew's trying to say, hey, Remember at the end of, what's that, Deuteronomy, when it says, no prophet has arisen ever again since, like, Moses? Well, now there's this new guy. Yeah. So, it's cool. Yeah. So, like, I mean, Matthew, in in all sorts of layers, is very much setting up, yeah, this Jewish audience to to consider. Hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let me think about that guy. Mm-hmm. Let me think about what he's saying. Is yeah. it true? Yeah. If it is, what does that mean for my life? Yeah. You know, because it's going to, that's the thing. We talk about being biographies, the gospels, they're biographies, but with a, with an intent to move you, mm. right? Mm. That's John uh, 20, 31. These things are written so that you may believe that they're, Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. These guys have a purpose. They're not saying, read this and think, that's interesting. No, they're saying, read this. And now what are you going to do about it? Because if it's true, it means a lot of things, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it means a lot of things for your life. Yeah. So good things. Yeah. And I, I would say to to our 21st century American uh, um, uh, Christian Ooh. Christian listeners who uh, probably aren't Jewish <laughs> by <laughs> yeah. nature or by belief, uh, the in order we need to be people who read the whole Bible. Mm. Um, so we are people of the New Testament, mm. but we have to understand the Old Testament and and read it as well. Uh, in order to see all of this preparation work that God was doing and to right. really get the full sense of who Jesus is right. and the depravity of our lives mm-hmm. without him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think once we get a full full grasp of the Old Testament, yep. um, reading Matthew and reading all these all these prophecies being fulfilled, you, you, it just... It, it starts blowing your mind, so. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, it's like, just for, for Matthew, he's not saying Jesus is Moses again. No, he's saying he's a greater Moses. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not what you ex- expect. He's going to be beyond. Like, the, upside down? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we could link to that. But uh, but then, the other, you know, so for, for present day Christians, you got to understand Jesus as he is. He's not just, oh, he's just, you know, life coach. Giving me good ideas, you know, ethical ways to live my life. No, no, no. That's not what the scriptures are telling you. Mm-hmm. They're saying something much, much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, helping to, to see uh, where these authors are coming from, what they're trying to say, um, so that we get this real picture of Jesus. Um, and so, we can experience the real life change that he came to bring. Life to the fullest. Amen. Yeah. Well, I'm excited, Sweet. man. Man, going be good. Yeah. All right. Well, it's good to be with you again. And thank you all for joining us this week. 
Peace, brother.